1: Nacho, I'm not going to forget to Mike Locke ever again. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. Yeah. Welcome to 3DM's podcast. Uh, I'm Jake, uh, joined as per usual by yeah. Nacho and Paul. Mm-hmm. And this week, sitting in the studio with us, we have author Matt Gross, also uh, one of the hosts of the Punk Wisdom Podcast. You can find them here on the Podcast Detroit mm-hmm. Network. That was a mouthful. How's everybody doing on this balmy Memorial Day weekend? Oof. It's too hot for my
2: tists. Well, I'm sorry my AC doesn't work in the truck. Yeah, so no, that was... A, y'all got to sweat.
1: The battle wagon is a stanky wagon at this point. But, guys, we got How a really... How uh, It's been uh, hot. <laughs> <laughs> Way to cut me off, Nacho. Anyways, guys, we got a pretty loaded show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking to Matt here about his book. Uh, we are going to be discussing this smattering of homebrew that we found online and if we have time we want to cover the under of minotaurs and centaurs that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago but it's been a pretty hectic couple of weeks what with mordenkainen's coming out and all that other business but first things first matt welcome to the show thank you thank you so um let's just dive right in because when I saw, you know, so uh, for everybody out of the loop uh, here at Podcast Detroit, obviously we've got like a Facebook group and, you know, everybody does communicating between all the other shows and stuff. See if anybody ever wants to appear on anybody else's show. You know, we're a pretty, you know, pretty uh, happy little family family type unit around these parts. Speaking of mm-hmm. which, you can
0: record out of Podcast Detroit if you're in the Southeast Michigan area.
1: Yep. Um, but. Uh, besides all that. Besides all that, we saw uh, – I saw Matt's post. He posted it in the group and he mentioned that he had, A, just written a fantasy sci-fi novel. I was like, neat. And then followed that up with, I play D&D. I'm like, you're on my show now. So
3: <laughs> you have no choice. Did, did
0: you get a choice on whether or not you're coming onto our show or did he Shanghai you?
3: You know, I – it was OK either way. <laughs> <laughs> if, if not, I was going to party crash anyway. So <laughs> oh, sweet. sweet. So, Matt
1: uh, – First things first, because we are a D and D centric show. Tell us about your history with the illustrious Dungeons and
3: Dragons. Oh, I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons in elementary school, okay, probably kindergarten, first grade. Um, I remember playing it out on the uh, you know during lunch hour, recess stuff.
0: I think that's a almost universal experience.
3: I yeah, did. Yeah. And ever since there's been just a love affair. You know, it's just every you know any group I could get myself into, and right. Do you uh? So do you
1: primarily DM as a storyteller, or do you actually uh, prefer to play the player
3: role? Well, that's kind of funny because I, I I like to tell myself I'm a player, right? Um, I'm obviously a storyteller because <laughs> I wrote a book, um, and I'm pretty decent at storytelling. Um, but for whatever reason, I just don't ever got never got into the groove of DMing. I don't know why. Probably because I like to have characters, even though I never really vision envisioned my NPCs being my characters. Right. Um, yeah. it's
0: it's the matter of like speaking of somebody who's also done some writing. Um, nothing obviously to your quality or level of proficiency, but I find that it's much easier to focus on a single character and uh, what's the word? Explore that character when you are focusing on one character rather than like thirty.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely.
3: Oh, yeah. Because even when, even when I did the chances I did do any DMing, I found myself focusing on, you know, one or two of the NPCs more than any of the other ones. Yeah. And not giving much detail or background on any of the <laughs> other NPCs. We're just kind of cheap into storytelling. But Oh, no. Yeah, in my a,
2: game, all totally the fine. mayors, guards, and everyone, they all have the same personality. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: But yeah, no, and D and D, you know, branched. We went and I've done Palladium. I've done um, when we started talking about the book a little bit. I, uh, the book was heavily influenced by A O Riffs. Um, I was so going to ask done, actually. Uh,
0: so sorry, not to interrupt. No, go ahead. Uh, what your inspiration with Shadowrun in your book was, since they seemed somewhat similar to me, although Shadowrun focuses more on cyberpunk tropes rather than Western tropes.
3: Science. Shadowrun's always been a game I wanted to play. I could never find a DM willing to play it for more than just a, a few sessions. Yeah, I mean, there'd always be a short run that they'd do, and that was all I'd ever get. Um, I've always wanted to play it, though. Hey, now you know Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do run Chatteron mostly fourth edition, but also some fifth edition Chatteron. So
3: they have fifth edition Chatteron. Yes, they I do. Really... It
0: came out in um, 2012, I think. Okay.
3: Yeah, shows you how much I'm keeping up. There. <laughs> uh, that's why we keep a Paul. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. That's why we keep
1: uh, you know our surprise attack Paul for oh, yeah. knowledge and facts like that. Uh, so. Uh, before we start talking about your book, though, uh, you know, fleshing out a character, you know, because it seems you prefer to sit on the player side of the screen. Uh, do you have any particular uh, like characters that you've made in the past uh, for D&D that like really stick out? Like the one that you, you know, if you got to one last run, you know, you play him
3: again. Jeez, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I mean, there was an assassin I made back in elementary school that um, even – we He'd pop in from campaigns from time to time. I mean it got to the point – I played him so much. He was so high level and we – of course, this is homebrew rules that we always – every game I've ever played was homebrew rules. Oh, yeah. And so it was always obviously higher than ever 10th, 15th, 20th, 30th, 40th. We went way beyond that they were supposed to be. So this just became one of those characters that pop in every now and again just to – Show F, off. F things up. Only <laughs> 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 being assassin, you know. Um I tried writing them into one of my novels before. Uh, I, ask, I say that like I have more than one. <laughs> um, hey, works in progress, count. But uh, you know, some of my characters do That's pop up. Um, not in this particular book. Um, in my next one um, that I'm writing, I have character I, I used to. I used to de- uh, I used to play. Is actually in the book, uh, or at least personality wise, he's in the yeah. book. <laughs>
1: All right. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about your book. You want to give us the whole rundown, name, title, everything, and like just let's start from the beginning with this bad boy. All
3: right. Well, I, I titled it The Malevolent Witch. Okay. Um, mainly I, I Googled names and found out what pops up when you type in certain Google names. And I wanted at least mine to pop up to be one of the first two – the first three, few choices. Yeah, you
0: don't want to get involved in a legal struggle. so That
3: too. Um, <laughs> but I wanted it so if people typed it into Google, they're going to see it. Yeah. Right away, they're not going to see a litany of other things before they get to it, um, so that was part of the planning of it. Right. Um, and which stories sell for you know for not that I'm, not that I'm a sellout, but you know that <laughs> they sell. I mean, and then one of the main characters is a witch anyway, so it works.
1: Um, yeah, But it,
3: the subtitle is uh, "The Book of Cain, Volume One." Cain um, is obviously the main character of the book. He's a bounty hunter. Um, I I heavily influenced with uh, riffs. Um, Funny, I was reading it as Cain, but yep. He actually, in the, I think, in the first couple of chapters, he pronounces, he says how it's pronounced, but people usually just shorten it up to just say Cain.
2: Yeah, I think I saw that in the
0: uh, little snippet that you gave us.
3: <laughs> yeah. We, write, we all read through
0: that, so oh, I,
2: cool.
3: maybe
0: I forgot it because I was reading through it very quickly, but
3: <laughs> so, sorry. No, but no, no big deal. I Look, realized that, was, that
0: I couldn't get into my account. So.
3: I, I'm part of a writer's group, and the primary uh, focus of the group isn't to you know brainstorm ideas. It's to critique other people's writing. So I will give them yeah. some pieces of my writing, and they'll let me know, usually usually brutally, on uh, whether it's good or not. If which you'll pardon
0: one moment of – knife stabbing uh this is an incredibly petty complaint so bear with me but i noticed sometimes (laughs) when you did the uh the triple dot lead off that you didn't put a space in between that and the next character so it would sometimes bleed into the next line and all i'd say is just go through that put one more space there and it should
3: look fine no i'm i'm and that's one thing that the writers group did for me is like uh, i am totally open to um criticism. Yeah, it mean, does not bother me one bit. It's an
0: incredibly petty complaint, I know. Oh, but I,
3: I've heard others. I've got my own pet peeves when I'm writing stuff, which is why it takes me so long to write it. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, that and let's okay, l- l- watch the show Lost Girl. Uh, it sounds familiar. I'm not sure if I've seen it. I have no idea, so I'm just going to stand here. And okay. Because uh, that's another, another little bit of, I took away something from that show even, because it's high fantasy, but yet you it's not in-your-face high fantasy. Yeah. Um, all the different races like elves, ogres, fae, uh, I, I'll classify them all under fae, which is what Lost Girl kind of does. A yeah. Show, and So that's kind of what I do with this. And they have glamours and stuff that can actually can make themselves look human if they're in an area where it's highly prejudiced. Um, so that's kind of, I don't get too, into it too, too much in this book. I am in the next one. Um, but Anyway, that's what influences are there too.
0: Out of minor concern, and I'm sorry for stealing all the spotlight from you yeah, guys, of course. But, no, I'll keep asking. Uh, you're the critic. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I'm playing Commander Contrarian today. Uh, are you dividing them into summer, autumn, winter courts or unsealy and sealy or are they just all fey?
3: Um, Right now they're just all fae. I haven't dug into it because I wasn't I'm. – they're not that prevalent in the world yet. So I'm still – I'm developing the world as I'm writing too.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. No, I just figured I'd ask because I personally like the uh, the di- uh, dichotomy between seely and unsealy Faye, which could be described as uh, occasionally plays fair and is actively out to get you or the two divisions. So,
3: But the, the premise of the book, the premise of the story is uh, Kane runs across a contract that uh, seems a little fishy to him. And so he starts investigating it and it kind of goes from there. Yep. Uh, the book I'm currently writing is not volume two. I got about 25,000 words in volume two and I stopped. Most impressive. Um, mainly just because I kind of lost inspiration. And if I'm not feeling it when I'm writing it, I know other people are not going to feel it when they read it. Yeah. So I kind of put it on the back burner for now, and I started something else. And so the one I'm writing currently is the one of the villains in this book actually survives, and it's her story Five, six, about five or six years later.
0: All right. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, how many books are you planning to put in
3: this series? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the original plan was three. Yeah, I was could, assuming and three I've three got like two that. or three spinoffs I'm working on too, so it's – ain't that just the way yeah well you fall in love with the characters and like oh I could do so much with this character doing this and it's not part of the main story so let's go do this let's go see what these guys are doing yeah I know that's incredibly
1: relatable as a DM because you do have your favorite pet NPCs that you're just like just uh, let me just get them back in there really quick just uh, hey everybody you know that one guy uh, he's back he's back (laughs) never found the body nope exactly uh, all right. So we have a lot to unpack with this homebrew. Uh, so, really quick, Matt, uh, before we move on to reviewing this homebrew, just one more time tell everybody where they can get your book, how much they can get your book for, and, you know, just sell your soul. Schlep. Schlep your little heart out right now.
3: Uh, I unfortunately do not have a webpage yet. Okay. Oh, something I'm, I'm, I'm working on. Um, I do have a Facebook page at mrgross42. Um Twitter at Gross42, which I I'm not very huge in Twitter. So, we'll link them on the Facebook. There, page. So there's those. Um, Amazon. Uh Amazon.com and you just type in the malevolent witch and is usually the first thing that pops up. Yeah, we currently have it pinned in our uh,
1: chat. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh head to our Facebook page, check it out. Uh you'll find all the live videos we do of all these recordings, and on this episode you will find the link to the amazon page with matt's book yep the uh,
3: paperback is 9.99 kindle's 2.99 if you have kindle unlimited it's free um my i just want to give one shout out to the guy who did my cover is a good friend of mine he is an awesome artist and he's working on the cover of my next book too so what's his name uh dent Nigemeyer. he is actually works for gm and uh doing graphic design for them so he doesn't do that stuff he just does a on of side i was gonna mention
1: it was Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that was – Oh, cool. you
3: have
0: someone with experience
1: helping you. <laughs> very, <laughs> yeah. very handsome cover.
0: Not the, hey, I know a guy who can get you a commission for 15 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sarah, I, know, I know a dude. Uh, yeah. All
1: right. So earlier this week, um, I was – you know while we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with the show, I was perusing a the – In a panic, as I always do. Um, I was perusing various forums and I did see a post of – a bunch of homemade subclasses. Uh, now, before I link everything here in the chat, I just want to get the author's name correct. So he is getting the proper due credit on this. Sorry, man. We're about to tear it apart. Wow, Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh Joseph A. Miller. Yep. Is there an A in there? Yes, there is. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that. It's a sneaky A. Joseph
0: there... A. M. Miller. Oh,
2: I missed the there oh. i I'm not the Joseph reader of the group. Miller.
1: Uh, yeah. Joseph Andrew Michael Miller. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm the illiterate one, so. <laughs> yeah, well.
1: No, you just drive the truck and, you know, look pretty. That's
2: what I do best. <laughs> oh,
1: <flip. laughs> uh, anyways, so we were looking around, um, and I saw this bundle of subclasses, and I was interested by two things. A- the fact that he claimed right off the top, and uh, I'm going to repeat this a couple of times as we're reviewing these, uh, that these were made incredibly strong because, uh, as a DM, he—I'm fi- paraphrasing here—but as a DM, he you know feels that he plays a pretty mean DM, and so he wants his players to be pretty powerful. Um, so that interested me. But that being said, a lot of the concepts and ideas for these subclasses were. Actually pretty cool and stuff that I'm a little surprised hasn't been made into like an Unearthed Arcana or hasn't come out, you know, for playtest material from Wizards of the Coast. So with that whole mouthful being said, we are going to dive into these subclasses really quick here. Uh, anybody who wants to follow along, I'm going to link it in the chat. Boop. Thank you, Kyle Chick. Oop.
0: Did
2: you do it yet?
1: I think I did it. I hope I did it. Nope. I posted the Amazon thing again.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gonna... Keep selling my book. That's cool. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> gonna... So,
2: well, Jake's doing this. I did have one quick question about your book. Good. So, so what point in time is it? Because it has that old timey Western feel. And
0: then you mentioned it's two hundred years. Yep. After yeah. a horrendous cataclysm. So.
3: Yep. It, so. it takes about about 200, 250 years after the after today. Okay. So, so it's light. got that post-apocalyptic feel, um, Serenity, Firefly-type, Western-type feel to it hmm. in a fantasy setting.
2: Okay. Because that's something I was wondering because it has that nice old-timey Western feel. <laughs> so wait a but minute. But you also have that more modern and post-modern feel to it. When so. you
0: talk about magical electricity, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Isn't this a Western? It's kind on of here? sort of. And I, <laughs>
2: I do love Kane's animal names. It's the greatest. It's
3: <laughs> I, I kind of made him a bit um, OP in the first few chapters because I wanted to give people an idea of what he can do. I, I literally beat the crap out of him later on in the book, though.
0: I mean, to be fair, he's facing down a bunch of random, I mean, I don't want to say Hicks, but <laughs> <random> <laughs> yeah, cowboys as opposed to somebody actually particularly dangerous. Sorry, cowboys, but you're not like a dragon or anything. So <laughs> true um, enough. Sorry. True enough. It's just the truth.
3: But yeah, that's the kind of feel I was going for. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, because I don't normally read, but I actually do want to finish that. <laughs> so I'll just can to get it on save up, <laughs> So I'll just have to save up that ten bucks. Yeah, <laughs> you can get that. Uh,
1: yeah, you can go to Amazon and buy it for nine ninety nine. Yeah, just we're gotta save up. That being said, though, now that I've actually successfully pinned the comment, because me versus the computer is apparently a thing today. Um, let's oh, that was bad. dive. Yeah, I know. Let's dive right in. Uh, so just quickly, we're gonna cover. A lot of material very quickly. Yeah, what six subclasses these are and what uh, core classes they belong to. Um, First one, first, we got the College of Tragedy for Bard. Um, We have the Circle of Decay for the Druid. We have the Gladiator for the Fighter. Gladiator. Gladiator. Uh, The Way of the Closed Fist for Monk. uh, The Lich, Warlock Patron. And the... What is it? School of Arcana? School, School of wizard. Arcana for wizard. All right, starting
0: at the top. So he's playing good, uh, good cop, bad cop, and dataist cop.
1: Um, Nacho can have the Dadaist. I'll I'll protect everything this guy put out. All right. Well, I'll try to. So let's start with College of Tragedy. Um, Nacho, would you like to read off the abilities since you have it open and handy Just dandy? dandy?
2: That's quickly. because I'm prepared. So. <laughs> Uh, Starting at third level when you take this college, you get Tragic Inspiration. You can use your Bardic Inspiration to stabilize yourself when you hit zero hit points but before your first death-saving throw. So you don't get to keep that in your back pocket if you roll a one. Uh, you can use Bardic Inspiration to re-roll a roll that resulted in a one. You have to choose to do so before the result is decided.
0: Keep in mind, that one can hit anyone who has your Bardic Inspiration, as all of them can. But
2: And... You can expend a Bardic Inspiration, turn a critical hit against you into a normal – against them into a normal hit. Which Uh, is is
1: good. Pretty good. Um, Just breaking that down really quick. uh, It's easily the best Bardic bardic Inspiration inspiration in in the game. You're going to – yeah. uh, That is going to be one thing that comes up, not necessarily ripping on this. uh, These subclasses because these subclasses to me feel like they just need to be more refined and play tested more. Um, If we're going to bring them down to – like standard balance levels. Uh, but yeah, it's already the best Bardic Inspiration in the game if you chose to use it. Uh, let's move on to the next bit.
2: Sorrowful Motivation. When a creature you have granted Bardic Inspiration to uses it, that to grant them a bonus on a roll and is at least less than half their hit point maximum, then they may add your Charisma modifier to the result. It's fine.
1: Yep. Solid. My literacy is really showing today. I know, right? It's good. I like how you're just it. like, I can't read and I'm now making you read things. This is what you get. <laughs> it's, it's perfectly acceptable. I are grunt. I eat, eat crans. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one, please, Najo.
2: The Song of Lament. At sixth level, you can play a morose song to dampen an enemy's spirit. As a reaction, when an enemy makes an ability check, attack roll, or saving throw, you can expend one of your bardic inspiration dice to impose disadvantage on that roll. That <laughs> you sing about sad puppies, they get that they get those tears rolling in their eyes. They just can't hit you.
1: That is a ridiculously powerful ability at sixth level.
3: Yeah, that's a sixth level. Yeah, but ability. it's the power to move you.
1: I know it's the power but to that's move sixth you. Sixth level that's, That should be a lot higher. Um, it's yeah at sixth level the ability to basically with every bardic inspiration you have just to go, you know,
0: ah uh-huh. ha.
1: Yeah, it's pretty strong. I think the only way just to – like an easy, neat little band-aid to put on it is uh, attach a long rest or a short rest mechanic to it, you know, once per long rest or short rest because obviously you're also using up a bardic inspiration. But as we just talked about, the bardic inspirations are already ridiculously powerful. And then finally at 14th level, you
2: get Invoke Tragedy. When a creature within 60 feet of you rolls a result equal to or lessen your charisma modifier, you can use your reaction to treat that roll as a one.
0: There's some obvious synergies of this with halfling.
1: Yeah, no, this makes halflings. And uh, listen, I don't believe in rolling anything less than six anymore. Um, but that being said, it's a really good ability.
0: It is. I don't think it does anything particularly wrong if it's a 14th level ability. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, at 14th level, you should have something that ridiculous. Or um, you can just completely
0: screw over
2: the uh, big bad that just needs a two to hit. Yeah, it's like, haha, you broke your sword. Well (laughs) if if crit fails were still a thing.
0: And there's many rounds which is not gonna do anything. So
1: well, but still, overall useful ability. Um so final thoughts on the tragedy college bard. Other than the fact that like I do need some surgery. I do love the idea though of like Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, like in the black parade outfit, just like (laughs) with the portable piano and every song is just that G note from the black parade. When I was a young boy that or it's uh Daniel Day Lewis, just like being morose and a super Shakespearean actor and just saying like the saddest poetry you've ever heard. Is he looking at a skull?
0: So sad. People just die.
1: No, there's <laughs> there's a lot of really cool stuff with this. It just needs some refinement. I think the bardic inspiration does need to tone down. I'll agree with you there. Um, but overall, though, it. Still pretty solid and the bones can be used and that's how I feel about most of these. Like I think they do need some refinement to make them work in a standard game uh, because a lot of them are beefier than their subclass brethren if you were to put them up with official stuff. They would muscle out every other subclass. But it doesn't mean that without a little love and a little refinement, they can't make great additions to the game.
2: But you can finally play that emo kid we've all wanted to play. There you (laughs) go. Go back to middle school.
1: Yep. (laughs) Relive the glory days one more time. So onto the druid, we have the Circle of Decay, also known as I do the Grave Domain cleric's job better than he could ever hope to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Sorry, Grave Domain.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Grave Domain. You've been replaced. Uh, so Circle Spells, it has a excellent spell list. Nacho, would you like to just launch at what people get?
2: At third level, you get Prayer of Healing and Ray of Enfeeblement. At fifth level, Revivify and Vampiric Touch. At seventh level, you get Blight and Death Ward. And then at ninth level, you get Insect Plague and Reincarnation.
0: Huh. There's a lot of res- resurrecting spells in here for something that's supposed to be about to decay.
1: Well, it's supposed to be if we read the fluff on it. The it's circle supposed of to, life. Yeah. They're the circle of life and how it moves us all and lions something and like remembering that. who Simabar.
3: you are. <laughs> it just seems like this class is kind of not necessary. Mm-mm.
1: It's – I do – again, I like the flavor on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a interesting way to go with the Druid because most of the Druid stuff that we've had released so far or even like as playtest material has been – like there's the one weird mushroom one.
2: I am the Lorax.
1: I speak for the trees. Yeah, and then everything else is like either –
0: the Lorax.
2: Like, yeah, the
1: Lorax and stuff. speaks for the trees or, Hey guys, just hang out with me in the woods and you're going to be a-okay because I take care of everybody. So it's interesting that like. You mean the friendly neighborhood camp counselor? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um. <laughs>
0: Except he can sick wolves on you. If
1: you're he can sick wolves on you and he just like likes to wear incredibly short brown shorts. You know, it's like, <laughs> are those regulation or did you cut them yourself? The shorter the shorts, the more trustworthy they are. I oh, had yeah. my mother hem them six inches shorter for me so I could have more room for my legs to stretch on the satellite <laughs>
0: but the the thing I really want to get into with this one is negate undead which is
2: oh yeah we still got a ways oh yeah, yeah we we got a ways to go uh, <laughs> we're just let's let's just
0: negate undead before. lets you turn any spell slot into a destroy target undead creature of the
3: same crls yeah, and that comes in at second level which is yeah. oh that is second level
1: Whoops. yeah uh really quick though goodbye ghouls we did, we did skip it really quick uh Bonus cantrips. Nice little flavor. Nice touch. Yeah. Second level, you can use chill, you, uh,
2: chill touch and spare the dying. Yeah. It's fine.
0: Best you know is use those. Yep. Uh, um, Arcan infusion seems fine uh, until you read the second
1: paragraph. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go over let, that. Really try quick, really course. quick. I actually want to pop back though to Negate Undead. Um, this is one where I do find uh, – we do have a bit of stepping on toes happening. Uh, if you look at the cleric's turn undead ability and as it powers up throughout the game, uh, cleric at level 17 can only outright destroy a CR4. Now, this destroy undead ability, again, just takes away an entire feature, like an entire leveled feature of a cleric and just does it way better because i mean for certain pesky undead who can really ruin your day by just you know existing or having effects uh you can just make them go bye-bye for a spell slot which is a very good trade
0: it's probably what you're going to do with that spell slot anyway
1: yeah like you're like oh no i'm going to lose stone shape oh or you can just you know make the <laughs> wraith just make the wraith be gone uh it's it needs, it's no save Also, It's yeah, just sort it, of it also has yeah, there's no save. it's just they dead. it's I honestly I we haven't really been able to like figure out in a way just to like make, make this the,
0: not incredibly powerful.
1: yeah because it's it's kind of all or nothing. it's either it just murders everything or it you know it's a either waste I of use a an bomb.
2: offensive spell and deal a bunch of damage to a big
1: thing or I just outright kill the smaller thing. That being said. Moving on because there's still a lot to unpack here. Uh, the Arcane Infusion. Arcane Infusion, as Paul said, could best be described as the first paragraph is just fine. Yeah. And then you realize there's more of it. And then – but wait. There's more. It's like Billy. So – may- let, let, Let's start off with the first
2: paragraph before already. we get into our Billy Maze. When you cast a spell that restores lost hit points, you may add your wisdom modifier to the amount of hit points restored to a creature.
0: Whenever you cast a spell that doesn't deal necrotic damage, you can have the damage type become necrotic, which is good. But wait, there's there's more. But wait, there's more. And then this paragraph. In
2: addition, you have advantage on saving throws against any necromancy spell or spells that deal necrotic damage. Attack rolls that deal necrotic damage have disadvantage against you.
0: Any of those sentences could have been a feature of their own of probably higher level.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that is – that is extra thick. Ugh. That is super strong. It's got that boom, ba boom, boom, boom. That super base. Like, wait,
2: wait. You got a lich up there? Hold on. Let me get to level six real quick. Then I'll just go solo
1: him. It, yeah, it. It's. <laughs> You're not wrong. Is the sad thing. <laughs> like? It's actually. It actually becomes a compelling fight. The twenty one CR versus like the lich is still gonna win. But it. But how the, close will it be? But the six level druid actually hangs in there way longer than he should have. Uh, <laughs> You could literally like I think you'll it would be Rocky be, in that fight. I think it would be just fine if you just kinda get rid of that second paragraph. Yeah, it's completely acceptable. And then it's a, still a really good, useful feature. Necrotic damage is, doesn't have a whole lot of like most things don't have a resistance to necrotic, except for undead and other than, you know, and I think constructs. That's a doubt. I need to check the monster it, manual, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um some outsiders probably. Yeah, but it's a really strong damage type. It's, you know, up there with radiant as far and psychic as far as like not a lot of things are immune to it except for undead. So 10th level, they get death ward. Death ward which is it's okay.
0: I see no problems with that. You I just like get the flavor. resistance to necrotic damage and immunity to poison disease. Hey, you know what?
1: Yeah, it's good flavor ability, makes sense for the character. So hey, you have disadvantage mm-hmm. and then I'll only take half of that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, combined with yeah, combined with the level 6 <laughs> But on its own, by itself, good stuff. Your puny skeleton arms can do no harm to me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, let's see. At and 14th we- level, you get True Balance. Undead cannot break your connection to the forces of life and death. When an undead creature attacks you, that creature must make a wisdom saving throw against your druid spell save DC. On a failed save, the, ch- the creature must choose a different target or the attack automatically misses. On a successful save, the creature is immune to this effect for 24 hours. The creature is aware of this effect before it makes an
1: attack against you. This is when the lich runs screaming out of his own damn dungeon. <laughs> because the 14th level druid has arrived. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he just goes, go, nope, nope. No, I'm not dealing with that. One. I'm just, um, uh, well, I'm gonna pass that one off. So I have to pass
2: this save so I can roll at disadvantage so you only take half damage.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Lich be gone. <laughs> Yeah, this is literally like you could you could bottle this class and just label it as Lich Beyond and just spritz it where you don't want
3: liches to open uh open their dungeons and
0: their towers, their lairs, if you will.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I guess if you want to take a look at one of the negatives of the class, other than what you guys are saying, is it's really only up. You're really only good against undead. Yeah, yeah I was going
0: to put that as this is a very single-minded yeah, yeah, class.
3: A, It's one of those things like, why would you be a druid if you're going to spend all your time in dungeons? Oh, you want to play
1: Ravenloft? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Other than that though, I think like if we clean up the level six ability, uh, 14 – uh, if we clean up level two, level six, and level fourteen, and just <laughs> once we clean up the rest of, the, once we clean
0: up all the class, it'll be fine. No, uh, the tenth level and starting spells are.
1: Yeah, no, everything, everything else here is fine. It like, it just all of it just needs to be like turned down to fit into games that aren't incredibly high power. Yeah, and uh, other than that, it'll be fine. Yeah, flavor
0: otherwise I love it.
1: Yeah, and I think it adds a great I like flavor. The idea. It adds a cool thing to the druid. Uh, so yeah, but. At current strength, it like the grave domain cleric walks in the bar and he's like, "I fight undead." And then the circle of decay is just like, "But do you though? (laughs) But do you?" I
0: feel kind of bad for grave domain, really. But we should, and grave domain's really good. It's 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 okay, little bro. (laughs) We should probably move on because we do actually have more classes to cover. Uh, But wait,
1: there's more. All right, guys, we're moving on to gladiator, the one that actually made me really want to like cover all these because. There is a lot of potential in Gladiator, but there's also a bit more of the, wow, this is a beefy boy.
0: A bit overloaded in its kit,
1: shall we say. Um, Yeah, because a lot of people seem to forget that Fighter is just already like, everybody thinks of old Fighter for whatever reason. The bad one from (laughs) third edition. The crappy one. The cheerleader in plate. (laughs) Uh, No, because now we have the badass Fighter in fifth edition that... The Battlemaster, which yeah. is
0: th- what this is competing against because, sorry,
1: champion, you're not as good as Battlemaster. Yeah, unless you just want to play a very simple fighter, which is your prerogative.
2: But— So on top of all of the stat increases and extra attacks, action surges, and all the other good stuff the fighter naturally gets— Just has. When you become a gladiator at third level— You just get a feat. Yeah. Uh, based on the uh, <laughs> fighting style you chose, you get a feat. If you took archery, you, you get, get a sharp sharpshooter. Shooter.
0: If you, you know, chose, the feats you were going to take anyway.
2: Yeah, if you chose defense, you get either medium or heavy armor feat.
1: And that is – this is one where I actually will like – you know, I don't want to rip on the guy a lot. That's my job. So. I know. That's your job. And I don't want to – because like, you know – All takes rehearsals.
0: A, I'll defend this one. Go on.
1: All right. Yeah. No, it takes a lot to put content out there. Oh, yeah. Like it takes a lot to just you know kind of come up with ideas, put them down on a thing, and then put them out into the universe because th- – Sometimes they're going to get the shit kicked out of them, <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. Nope. That being said, this is a pretty poor idea to give him free feeds. The fighter aren't oh, 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 even but, to the
0: bad stuff yet. But wait,
1: there's more. <laughs> yeah, the fighter. Well, the fighter gets seven ability score increases.
0: Yeah, they get more feeds than anyone else, and I'm still kind of wondering what happens if you already have that feed if you're a variant human. But
1: no, no, but. Yeah, where every class gets five ability score increases or potential feats, ability score or feat, depending on your game and your DM. This gets uh, – a fighter gets seven ability score increases or feats, depending on the DM, and you're tacking on – An additional feat. Two free feats because this ability pops back up again at 10. Go ahead and take another feat. Well, I do need to finish all these specialty feats. Yep.
0: Well – there's just a bunch of them and there's well, one for just each.
2: to quickly cover it. Yeah. So for dueling, you get Martial Adept or Sentinel. Great Weapon Fighting, you get the Great Weapon Master feat. For Protection, you get Shield
1: Master. And for Two-Weapon Fighter, you get dual Wielder. And a lot of these uh, feats as well. They're good ones. Well, they're good feats. And a lot of them give a free stat increase too, like a plus one to strength or a plus one to dexterity. Or so.
2: Constitution, I believe, for uh, – Sentinel? You're going to – I believe so. I'm not positive. Don't quote me on this.
1: I haven't looked at the feats in a while.
0: You know, let's just—we got the pleasant book right here. One second. (laughs) Let me just look this up real quick.
1: No, that's why we bring the books.
0: Need a lawyer, officer.
3: The bridge (laughs) feels like a gaming session. Hold on a second. Before we do that, so check the rows real quick. Well,
0: Paul's looking at that. Go on. You
2: also get charismatic strike.
3: Now, Now. this oh. is the bread Jake, butter. do
2: you want to cover this one? Um, yes, Since I do. you have the most to say about it.
1: Well, first of all, let me just say that I propose that the name Charismatic Strike be changed to showboating. Yeah. Because that's objectively cooler. But that's just me. I also think you should have to shout, are you not entertained? <laughs> that being said, Charismatic Strike, starting at third level, you become proficient in the performance skill. That's fine. You have a number of charismatic strikes, strikes equal to your charisma modifier. All right. You regain all spent uses of your charismatic strike with a long rest. Okay. That's all fine. Um, there is a charismatic strike, uh, DC it's eight plus charisma. It's that whole formula. Uh, plus proficiency, and that's your DC. The target can make a charisma saving throw at the end of each of their turn to end an effect before you make an attack roll. You can declare that the attack is a charismatic strike. If you do so, you may add your uh, charisma modifier to the attack roll. On a hit, you may choose one of the following effects to occur. The target becomes frightened of you. The target has disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws. Or the target has movement speed decreased by half four, and this is true with all of them. The next minute, huh? That seems strong. Ten turns of half speed movement,
0: which is the ten least turns part of, them. of
1: disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws. If you played this, he just okay. You get to add your charisma modifier to your strength modifier which gets your proficiency modifier. At level three, if you're just like off the top of my head using like a point buy, that means you're already rolling at like a plus nine to attack. At level three, and then you choose, they get disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws. You just served his ass up to every caster like a buffet. Like that's all the gladiator has to do is show up, poke him once, get him boys, and just walk away. Old person, Enjoy. It is woof, <laughs> so
0: I kind of wonder, did they mean a round
1: i'm like i'm I'm wondering too if there was like a you know if there was a misspell or a mistyping or um because that is if that were to actually make its way into play, that That's would be
0: backbreaking.
1: that is the most powerful ability in the game. hands yeah. down. ten rounds of disadvantage on saving throws. No save ends or
0: anything, by the way. Once yeah. they fail the first save, that's it. They're stuck with it for 10 rounds.
1: Yep. Oh, no. you. I thought it said you make the save at the end of each turn. Let's double check here before we complete it. Yep. They can make a saving throw at the end of each turn. Believe what I
0: said, then I don't know what I'm talking about. But – They're at a disadvantage for that saving throw.
1: They Yeah. They're still at a disadvantage for their own saving throw. It's – yeah, it's rough.
0: By the way, I wanted to add for the feats is the only one that actually increases an ability score is the armor feats. Okay. But they're, that said, those other feats are still among the best feats in the game.
1: Yeah. Um. So that being said, charismatic strikes really needs to be toned down. Now, that being said, fierce attacks at uh, seventh level, your attacks deal more damage. when uh, You said your charm mod to damage, which is Yeah, fine. add your charisma mod to damage. Good ability. Neat, um, well trained at tenth level. This is where you get your second free feat based on what fighting style you choose. Terrifying, tenacious spirit at level fifteen. Um, at fifteenth level, when you hit a creature with a charismatic strike, you gain temporary hit points equal to your level. Eh, it's a it's that weak actually. Yeah, it's I mean, fifteen HP ain't nothing to sneeze at, but. At that level, people are mulching their hit points faster than that. Yep. It's a little bit of a buffer. I, I feel
2: like that's a little bit underwhelming to make up for how powerful Charismatic Strike is. And
1: then uh, Nacho, if you would read Charismatic Armor for us, please.
2: Charismatic Armor. When you reach 18th level, uh, as a reaction, you can make a performance check against an enemy's attack roll. On a success, you, re- you negate the attack. You can then immediately make a charismatic strike against the creature without expending a use of the feature. So that's one free one as a reaction. <laughs> Once you've used this feature, you must finish a short or long rest until you can do so again.
0: Honestly, that last bit salvages it from absolutely ruinous to simply a high level
1: good ability. Yeah, it's a good ability. Um, really, the only problem, like, to fix if, you know, air quotations, to bring Gladiator down to the like realm of not being damn. You just got to clean up charismatic strikes. Everything else about it is fine. And Paul and I even discussed um, a way to make it – you know, and also remove the free feet thing. But um, instead, give them an
0: ability like the Barbarian or the Monk where you use an alternate uh, AC calculation when you're armored and add your charisma and constitution to your armor instead of just your dexterity.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, let's face facts, if you're playing a Gladiator and you're not shirtless all the time, are you really playing a Gladiator? It's true. (laughs) Are you really? Um, I also could see, um, I think really if you just remove the, uh, change the Charismatic Strike thing from a full minute to, till the next turn, and then maybe put like a Limit. Like not, you know, on charisma, like you can do like one or two, a combat,
0: maybe make it like two per short rest or something. Yeah. uh, I'm not going to do the napkin calculations,
1: but it's, yeah, but it long story short, I think those like, it cleans everything up because everything else about it is really good. Like the seventh level, your, uh, your seventh level, your 15th level stuff, everything else it just flows out fine. But with that said, moving on because we still have a lot more. I don't think we're going to get to Centaur and Minotaur again today. Damn.
2: We'll do our best.
1: We'll do our level best. On to
2: The Way of the Closed
0: Fist, which would you mind reading this one, Matt? Oh, God.
3: You're going to make me read out loud. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I figured I was going to
0: let you sit there all the time.
2: Yeah. I I, I showed too much illiteracy. We need someone that's (laughs) actually able to understand words.
0: You can give us the summary, obviously, if you don't feel like reading
2: the You know these symbols. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: okay, where are we at? Closed fist. Closed fist. Right uh, at the start. The Why Wen
2: those? Chung Master. Where the heck did it go? I had it right uh, in front
3: of me. Well, really quick.
1: I know we have been we've been we've been a little rough on uh on all these subclasses as we've been going through them. Um but let me tell you right now that closed fist is actually really good.
0: Yeah, it's Easily the least problematic of them. My texts
3: are really small. You guys probably want to read this. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I that. didn't want to make you sit no, here. No, no. I sad. wouldn't mind. Otherwise, I just can barely read this myself. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll read this one. <laughs> okay.
0: So the way the closed fist has the closed fist style as its primary ability at third level where they get to add additional effects to people hit with flurry of blows, which is good. Flurry of blows is the monk red and butter. Yeah. And in early games, it's kind of terrifying. So whenever you hit somebody with flurry of blows – You can choose one of the following effects to add to that attack roll before you do it. Your attack scores a critical hit on a 19 as well as a 20. You can re-roll the damage for the attack once and you must use the second roll. Or the target must succeed in a constitution saving throw or have disadvantage on ability checks and saving
1: throws until the start of your next turn. Then again, this is all if it hits. Yeah. And you have to declare the usage for it.
0: And they get to make a saving throw.
1: And they get to make a saving throw.
0: And it's one round. Exactly. Which makes it a lot
1: less dangerable, Robinson. Danger. It literally apply that to charismatic strikes and charismatic strikes is fixed. Treat it the exact same way. Easy.
0: Moving on to the next section is perfection of body. At sick level, your abilities are unparalleled. Physical abilities, I should say. When you make a dexterity, acrobatics, or strength athletics check that you're proficient in, you add your proficiency bonus twice instead of once. It's expertise, if you will.
1: Which, to this point, again, A, first of all, another good ability because I'm surprised that monks never get to add, like, have an expertise in acrobatics or athletics. Like, their whole shtick is they are, you know, they train body Come and mind. Masters. And yeah, they train their body and mind and, you know, turn their bodies into steel and do all that crazy shallon monk stuff. Why can't they get expertise on the two things they're supposed to be good at? Rogue gets expertise on whatever the hell it pleases.
0: It also gives you half your proficiency bonus to a skill you're not proficient in. Yeah. If you're not proficient in acrobatics or athletics for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, then you should be in the monk. Uh,
0: If you're not optimizing your monk. (laughs) At 11th level, uh, whenever you – Flurry of Blows, you hit three times instead of twice. And additionally, you can whenever you're forced to make a saving throw, you can spend your reaction two key to gain an advantage on it, or to roll normally if you have disadvantage, which is I'm not sure that it needs to be written out given that if you have advantage and disadvantage they already cancel out. Yeah. But, Again, I'm fine with
1: it. Like it seems it seems a little strong, but at the same time, like this it's is an eleventh about- level ability
0: and a subclass, it costs a reaction and two key. Yep. Then there's strike back. Whenever an attack roll is made against you, you can use your reaction to spend two key points to make an attack against that creature. It's interesting. But I feel like given that you're getting three attacks and you flurry of blows, it might be better to save your key to flurry twice.
1: But it's still I do like the idea though of adding more options, more defensive options to use your key points. You know, kind of like a battlemaster fighter. Yeah, you know, it gives you some defensive options to throw your key in there along with you know some of the other stuff, Um, and it just adds more to that key pool because I do love the. Like the point-based kits, the sorcery yeah. and monk kits. It's fun. I like it. Yeah.
0: I see
2: strike back as kind of an ultra instinct type thing where you get hit and just – as soon as you get hit, immediately just pow without even thinking this, about it. This
3: ability to, in my opinion is one of the more role-play-esque yeah. abilities of all, the, of all these classes yeah. so far. I mean it's just – it's more of a role playing aspect than as opposed yeah. to an actual mechanic. Yeah, you probably wouldn't do it, but
0: it's fun that you have the ability to because as, as you do. Right, yeah,
3: I mean during a game you're probably not going to do it, but if you're just thinking role play wise, yeah, I can do this.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah. right. You know, cross counter somebody when they're trying. to that's the one, you. That
3: was my biggest complaint when I was reading all of these and thinking a lot of these are really just battle oriented. And the group I just left is a lot more role play, role playing yeah. in the in the group. So whereas battle isn't, I mean combat, yeah, there's combat, but there wasn't a ton of combat. So if you're playing a strictly combat character. You, you just fall to the waist. you going
0: to go sit in your hands while everyone else does the combat Pretty thing. much. Pretty now, pretty much again, though,
1: I will say, um, just to reiterate, though, from when we started unpacking these and started going through everything, uh, the guy did design them because he runs super combat heavy campaigns. Mm-hmm. And he, again, self-described likes to throw a lot at his players. What is a lot? We don't know. We're not his players. It could be a at fifth level. We're not there. <laughs> <laughs> the last ability.
0: Super Saiyan mode. Sorry, I meant uh, Focus the Spirit.
1: Again, love it.
0: So, as a free action, that's kind of rare, you can spend five key points to gain the following effects for one minute at 17th level. You have advantage on ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. You can reroll any damage roll resulting in a one or two, but you must use the second roll. Whenever you take the attack action during your turn, you attack three times instead of twice. Whenever you use the deflect missiles feature, the damage you take from the, is reduced by 110, your dexterity modifier, your constitution modifier, your wisdom modifier, and your monk level. Holy shit. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, although I should note – Hold on. Kinda, let me catch that ballista bolt real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I should note that it's uh, not saying plus or even commas. So it's sort yeah. of grammatically confusing. But I uh, understand what it means. Simple typo. And then the first time you drop to zero hit points during this time, you drop to one hit points instead.
1: So – the only thing I would change about that is instead of one minute, 30 seconds, five rounds, five turns. That's fair.
0: Uh, that said, I think it's actually fairly balanced for a 17th level ability. It is. And of it your actually,
1: points. yeah. And it, no, it gives you a reason to want to get there because mm-hmm. that just sounds awesome. Like, you know, you're bl- I mean, you are spending a significant amount of key points to activate, you know.
0: That's five Flurry w- of Blows that you're yeah, missing out on. Yeah, that's,
1: so. you know. You're giving up a Super Saiyan, but at the same time, like, you were suddenly just doing ridiculous, you know, like, uh, what am I thinking of? What's the movie I'm thinking of? Uh, Describe it. It's the Kung Fu movie from 2004. And it's like a comedy. Kung Fu er, – no, uh, not Kung Fury. Uh,
2: Kung Fu Panda? No. no. <laughs> Get out of here. I know what you're talking about with the X Gang, right? Figure yeah, with that,
1: the so X yeah. Gang. Oh, God. Kung Fu Hustle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No. That is like you can do some Kung Fu Hustle esque shenanigans like from the end of the movie, like Buddha's Palm. Yeah, it's badass. I love it. Closed fist. If you want to out, it's pretty well balanced. Actually,
0: it's a very combat heavy monk thing. Um, I would take a closer look at perhaps the uh, the deflect missiles thing because that seems a bit ridiculous, but it's not a very often used feature to begin with.
1: Right, I'll,
0: I, I think it's fine. Yeah. This is the one I would actually probably allow. Yeah. Me. It
1: passes the eye test pretty easily.
0: I would need to play test it to actually know. but you know
1: All I mean. right. We got to storm through these last two really quick. So the Lich patron for Warlocks. This was contentious. Jake, do you want to read this one? Yes.
0: This one was a bit of a contentious one in the car.
1: Um, well, for two reasons. A, there already is a Lich The Undying
0: Patron in Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide already does this and, in fact, shares many of the spells in its spell list. Yeah, in in all
2: fairness, we all forgot about it.
1: Yeah, we all forgot that the Undying Patron was a thing. Like Paul actually reminded me. He's like, no, there's the one in the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And I was like, no. And I like opened my book up and I was like, I forgot about that. (laughs) Damn. Uh I could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah, I could have been doing that. You were telling me how cool it was and how there wasn't a lich patron. I was like, (laughs) but there (laughs) is. But wait a minute. Yeah, I know. Making me look bad. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, going through the expanded spell list really quick. Uh, First level, you get False Life, Ray of Sickness, which is actually the exact same ones you get from
0: the Let me Let me read out alongside you (laughs)
1: because they share – an absolutely absurd number of uh, well, it's really just the first three. It kind of kind of changes up, but they all it's yeah. Def- false life and ray sickness, at first level. Yep. What's the second
0: level one? Come on,
1: blindness, deafness, rave enfeeblement. blindness, deafness, and silence. Okay. Uh,
0: third level, animate, animate dead, dead and slow, and slow. Feign death, speak with dead.
1: Yeah.
0: At uh, that point, it breaks off. Let's
1: see, we got confusion, phantasmal killer,
0: or of life, death
1: ward, and cloud kill, and scrying, contagion, and legend lore, which. They serve uh-huh. kind of similar they, purposes. Yeah, like the fifth level ones, kind of do the same things, just not quite.
0: To just two different spells <laughs> that fill the same role.
1: Yeah. Um, now that being said, um, again, there was a really good point made by Matt that a lot of these are more combat focused. Um, like the Undying one has a lot of really cool, like, hot, you know, like uh, role play stuff. It's not necessarily a super powerful warlock pact, but it does have a lot of like really neat roleplay play stuff. Uh, it but, really
0: emphasizes being on good terms with your patron too.
1: Yeah, that too. Um, that being said, first level uh, – the first ability you get paralyzing touch at level one. Oh, boy. Starting at first level, when you hit a creature with a melee attack, you can force that creature to make a constitution saving throw. On a failure, the creature is stunned for one minute. Like this whole minute. Boop. Yeah. Ten, ten rounds. Ten rounds. Um was ten rounds. <laughs> the creature may repeat the saving throw at the end of each of their turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. You may use this feature a number. God, how terrifying would it be to get hit by that and then charismatic strikes?
0: Pretty scary given that that's hold person that you don't have to concentrate on.
1: Yeah. At uh, first
2: level. Hold on. Use that against the lich with your uh, level Liches. six. uh they're immune to stunning. Uh,
1: yeah, they are.
2: Circle of Dread?
1: Uh, circle of Decay.
2: Circle of Decay, Druid, and yeah, Big Bad Lich in the uh, dungeon won't stand a chance. It's true.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're probably going to have to go about 10 minutes over as long as that's okay with everybody here really quick too. Neat. Moving on. Um,
0: We've been flabbering. Yeah. So.
1: so, yeah, we have been. Uh, You can use this feature a number of times equal to your Charisma modifier, which as Warlock, Charisma is your patron stat. Uh
0: it's going to be high, probably plus 3 at level 1. Yeah.
1: And you regain all spent uses with a long rest. Uh only problem with this thing honestly is the 1 minute bit. Um it again it's it's, it's it, hold person at first level. It's super effective, like it's it becomes like it hits like, more
0: than just people.
1: Yeah. It becomes a very reasonable thing if it just is until the start of that thing's next turn.
0: Though
2: on one hand you are a warlock so you are squishy. Yeah. And you have to get up close in person. I mean, they
1: get to wear a light armor and they
0: have a D8 hit dice.
1: Yeah, they're oh, they're not, not that squishy. I, I, I thought it was a D6. No, no. they're not that squishy. They're kind of squishy. No, see, I, they're. I need to read more. They're the
0: jocks of Wizard World.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they are. They do and more. They, they're already the powerful world. enough. Too, yeah. So, yeah.
2: I, I look terrible today because I am rusty. <laughs> I can't um, read. All of the warlo- I don't know how to read. I, I
1: don't know read. all the warlock I can't stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: I learned valuable things.
1: Okay, I need bifocals to read this. All right, moving on to Disrupt Life, their six-level ability. Uh, it's pretty strong. At six-level, you gain the ability to disrupt the life auras of the living. As an action, you can force each non-undead creature within 20 feet to make a constitution saving throw, taking necrotic damage equal to 2d6 plus your charisma modifier plus your warlock level. On a successful save, a creature only takes half damage. Once you use this feature, you must finish a short or long rest before you do so again.
0: Now, to be commander Contrain in here. I actually don't think this ability is that strong for the following reasons. One, it's indiscriminate, so it hits allies. Yep. Two, it's indiscriminate, and you're within the radius. Yeah. And you're a living creature. So you take the hit as well. Yep. I, sorry. I, I got a bit too it's, excited there. But.
1: No, it's actually, uh, but I do, I, I, I if that's what's intended for usage, I kind of like that idea, because it, then it's just like a... That's cooking a, a grenade. Save. Yeah, it's a cooking a grenade. It's a weak fireball you know and it's you know you're kind of just blowing up stuff around you and i do like the idea of high risk high reward player like you know uh i'm really surprised we haven't seen like a warlock pack where they focus on doing damage themselves to do damage to other stuff
0: they probably get blizzard's lawyers on them if they did that
1: probably but you know no one uh games workshop never went after starcraft they tried. But that's, that's <laughs> well, the they ain't got lawyers for it, but that's a completely well, there, different there, show. There was one
2: monastery back in the day where they actually did beat themselves. So that sounds like more of a monk thing than a
1: warlock thing. Well, we historically can, We'll, we'll fight we'll about this. In, sir, We're going to fight the, about this in the truck. All right. <laughs> well, we got we to gotta keep moving. Uh, so my favorite ability actually from this, uh, this one I think is really neat, is the necrotic tether.
0: This one's fun. I like
1: this one. At 10th level, you learn a potent magical trick from your patron. As a bonus action on your turn, you can create a crackling cord of necrotic energy linking you and one creature you can see within 30 feet. The tether lasts for one minute. While this tether is active, each time you take damage, the tethered creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw On a failure. You take only half the damage of the attack, and the tethered creature takes the remaining damage. The tethered creature can move up to 60 feet away from you with the tether remaining intact. If the tethered creature moves beyond 60 feet, the target ends. You must finish a long rest before you can use this feature again.
0: Now, assuming that's not a typo, the ability to move 60 feet away from something and instantly destroy it is pretty good. But I'm assuming they mean the tether is destroyed. In the yes. In the, uh, that's – You move 60 feet away.
1: That's, that's what I also believe and if that is the case, this is a really – like it's balanced, it's balanced. It's fun. It's got a – it's a cool mechanic.
0: It's a long rest replenish too, so you don't get the usual warlock thing once a short rest.
1: Yeah, and it's a bonus action too, so you can, you know, I'll just blast somebody and then, you know, throw a tether on them and, you know, good stuff. Good, happy stuff. Um, it's and then, balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. I really like it. It's a great ability. Quasi-Lichdom, their 14th level ability. When you reach 14th level... In this class, your patron begins to prepare you for the transformation into a lich. You are not yet a full lich, though. You do not have a phylactery, but while you are not yet undead, neither are you among the living. You gain the following benefits of this quasi-lichdom. You are resistant to necrotic damage and immune to poison damage. All right. You are immune to poison and disease, and you have advantage on charming death, exhaustion, and paralysis saving throws. It's fine. All right. Your age, you age half as slow as your race normally would. Interestingly enough, the fourteenth level undying feature, uh, warlock packed feature, uh, pulling uh, up right now. Yep, slows your aging even more and makes it so you don't have to eat or breathe or, uh, you know, any of that stuff. So it's actually as it's actually
0: the tenth level abilities for every ten years that pass, you only age one year and you're immune being magically aged.
1: (laughs) Neat. Uh,
0: Seems like undying is just a better deal, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: If you, uh, now here's where things get weird. Uh, you add any necromancy spells or cantrips of your choice to your known spells, these count as warlock spells for you. Which I'd like to talk to the author just to know, like, what exactly does that mean? Like, does that mean I can just throw every
0: necromancy spell ever and throw it it
1: in my spell book, even if I'm not high enough? Like, because warlocks can't cast that high, but at this, you know, for a lot of these, but like at the same time, like, does that mean I can just Take finger of death and you know go finger of death because <laughs> it does sound like a great mega death song.
0: <laughs> warlocks in general are generally very limited in their spell selection? So this is giving you like a good fifty spells or so. I
1: wouldn't go. I wouldn't say about fifty, but there's you're still if getting you're
0: including all the books.
1: Well, oh, yeah, you're getting a yeah you're getting a ton of spells to choose from though. You it's, have a wide
2: variety, but you can still only cast what four or five
0: spells, six level spells mm. You get to cast a lot of spells as warlock. It's just they were punishing short rests. So yeah Yeah, but for combat, you still only have
1: a couple of spells. So that that one's a little wonky. But the last bit I do really like, when you drop to zero hit points and die, your patron can, if you have not displeased them, resurrect you at a location of their choosing. Any items and equipment you are carrying are not restored to you, however.
0: Like I said, this one puts a good deal of emphasis on being on good terms with your patron.
1: Which is, you know. Interesting. Yeah, no. And I do love, like that's one of the things I love so much about Warlock as a DM is just you – then get to do stuff as the patron, and like you have to have you have that you relationship call, with that player. You never never write. <laughs> You're supposed to be out there preparing the world for subjugation and murder. And what are you doing? You're just faffing around with a bunch of assholes. <laughs> That's how all my apolists sound, by the way, old timey circus guy. <laughs> you know, the, and so instead of you know the obvious you know doom voice that they would get, you know, instead my all my apolists sound like old old timey circus announcers. <laughs> what do you mean we're preparing the world for the for subjugation? <laughs> All right. uh, So final thoughts on the Lich and then we're going to get the last one and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up.
0: To be uh, Commander Contrarian again, I like it. I'm watching this one. I can see that there are ways to break this. I'm just not sure what they are yet. Okay.
2: Well, let me play in your game and I'll use this and I'll show you how to break it. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hard no. If you want to play a Mystic, you can. No. (laughs)
2: Oh, Matt, if now, you're not aware, I am banned from multiple classes. You're not banned. It's just like <laughs>
0: – When you say I'm going to actively try to break your game, they're not going to let you play it. Yeah, like
1: every time you go, hey, I'm going to ruin your game if you let me play this. Wow, OK. I'm just not going to let you play it. That was easy. Um, Got on right. one. Yep. All right. Let's, let's wrap this Last up. Last but not least. Last but not least, the School of Arcana Wizard. Uh, fantastic spell list. Nacho, if you want to hit the spell list really quick, spell list. At second level, you get Magic Missile and Shield. If you don't have Magic Missile,
2: are you really a wizard?
0: It's true. Are you really a wizard?
2: Third level, Melf's Acid Arrow and Mirror Image. Fifth level, Counterspell and Fly. Seventh level, Banishment and Dimension Door. At ninth level, you get Bigby's Hand and wall of Force. Also known
1: as the greatest hits except for yeah, Fireball. You have to
0: say, the greatest hits and also Melf's Acid Arrow. Well, yeah. you need to have something hey, to man.
1: choose. Some people like Melf's Acid Arrow, okay?
0: Yeah, those people are wrong because <laughs> <laughs> Magic Missile does more damage. <laughs> <laughs> Those yep. people are wrong. OK. Um, again, sec- these are – as I think I've said before, when I looked at these, I thought, huh, somebody went to a wizard optimization guide and just took – these are the spells you have to take and just gave them to you for free.
2: Yeah, but since you still have to choose spells, they let you pick Fireball. Yeah. Yeah. Second level, you get Magic Sense. You get pro- you gain proficiency in Arcana if you're not already proficient, but you're a wizard, so you so should be. Why aren't you? Uh If you're already proficient in that, you can choose another intelligence skill. Whenever you make an arcana check, then you get expertise in it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's it's fine.
1: It's good. Like, I do personally believe that more classes should get expertise in certain things. Like, not just Rogue and Bard should, you know, sit there with all the expertise, you know, abilities and just, Mm -hmm. you know, their arms wrapped around them. Uh, I'd like to see more of that in the future. And that is one thing I'm actually very fond of with a lot of, uh, the subclasses presented here is that he does actually spread out a lot of expertise love to people who
0: yeah, he should, probably, should, get it, should, should
1: it. probably get it for stuff that makes sense. Again, like a monk should have expertise on acrobatics. Like it kind of makes sense. Moving on.
2: Then at sixth level, you get spell negation where I, you can <laughs> now cast detect magic and identify at will. So you get to save the uh, fluff time of ritual casting.
0: Yeah, it's – I. That could have been a banner because at that point you already have the tech magic and identify on speed dial. So.
2: Yeah.
1: For, you know, yeah, yeah. 10 minutes for a ritual. You know, it's
2: – And you spend so much time studying. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what this is.
1: Yeah. Um, the so only thing, thing. – so the only thing with identify that I did find that like it does kind of cheapen it. But this is also very heavily reliant on the kind of DM you are is there is a material component for identify and that is a uh, pearl worth 100 gold pieces. And so if you're a DM who, like, makes, makes your, them
0: go buy pearls individually.
1: Yeah. You know, and makes them get all their reagents and, you know, like, have a yeah. list of their reagents. Basically, if you play a super uh, simulationist version of D&D. Anal. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but but if you play super simulationist, that, yeah, that six level ability is a pain in the ass. Other than that, I don't really care.
0: And then the second paragraph kicks in. Yeah. This one actually isn't bad. I like this one. But you also get, I believe, to cast uh, Dispel Magic once per short rest.
1: Yep. Which is, again, no spell slot. Yep, no spell slot. Again, we're back to the greatest hits
0: of wizard spells.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) At 10th level, you get Advanced Recovery where you're no longer restricted with your Arcane Recovery. So now you can restore spell slots of any level which you're able to cast.
0: I'm watching this
1: one carefully. Yeah, this – has potential to be bad, but if you get to become
2: two thirds of a genie, <laughs> you can cast two wishes.
1: Yeah. No, I mean that is, you know, that is the only thing that's like scary is the idea that at a 18th level wizard can recharge that ninth level spell slot.
0: Well as I said before, I can't think of a way to use the spell that isn't going to be degenerate somehow. Yeah. Like this trait I should say. There's but, no Non-degenerate uses of this ability.
1: At the same time, though, that relies on the game getting to 18th level and stuff like that.
0: No, I'm talking like even at 5th level, you can now plane shift in and out to get pitch-perfect teleportation anywhere you want on the material plane.
1: True. True.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: didn't think of that.
3: (laughs) You make a good point.
2: And then at 14th level, Arcane Mastery. Uh, each day when you prefer, when you prepare your spells for the day, you may prepare a number of spells equal to half your wizard level rounded down from the spell list of any
0: class. I'm watching this one as well. Uh.
2: Oh, you thought you could keep that from me? No.
0: I, again, there are no non-game breaking ways to use this.
2: Uh. Well, unless you're an innocent player. It's true. The first thing Which that leaps to mind there is are,
0: there are innocent players out there. You can yeah. grab top level warlock and paladin and ranger spells because they only go up to fourth level and you can cast fourth level spells here.
1: Yep. Um it's it's like the bard's ability to yeah, jack it's, spells. It's
0: not that broken, but it's also like I'm sure there's a way to absolutely ruin the game that I just haven't seen yet.
2: Well,
1: I mean because – well, here's what makes it scary. Like where that makes the bard into, in my opinion, a top-tier class uh, due to all of their – the fact that they're the best skill monkeys in the game. And then when they get high enough level, they can take choice spells from any list. Uh, It's scarier though for the wizard because the wizard already has the most expansive spell list in the game. And there's a reason that a couple of spells are like – just not on there. Just not on there because, like, his combos are already pretty nasty. So the ability to just uh, look around and go, ooh, oh, I hey. want that. But this is allowing you to take divine spells. Yeah. yeah. See, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense for a guy to play a guitar and, a, you know, Goblin's brain blows up either. But, you know, it's dD
0: No, I, I agree with you. It. No. It, it rubs me a little the wrong way. For some of them, I, I maybe think Maybe they're makes studying sense. holy texts and learn it. Like Ray's dead is kind of weird, but I can see it as a sort of arcane version. But then you get like speak with, like commune with divine. You're like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Who am I talking to?
1: Right. Actually, that would be a lot of fun though to like role play as a DM. Yeah. Just like new phone. Who this? <laughs> uh, how you? did you get this phone number? How are you? Uh, I'm using uh,
3: I'm using Arcanic Leyline. To, the hell well the thing is who do you connect to and if the arcane person hasn't really picked a patron deity yeah so who they, but anyway
1: no it I like I said I, I could see it being like really funny
0: you call Narlafla yeah home phones like narrowly who's this <laughs> hi how you doing <laughs> um all right parts you needed some madness and death
1: yeah so <laughs> final thoughts on uh school of Arcana. I like it I really like it too I think it's actually like I do like the idea of the greatest hits wizard um, And I'm also pretty fine with a lot of the abilities they present except for Advanced Recovery and Arcane Mastery because, again, that's like the potential for shenanigans is high with those. Uh, but at the same time, I still feel like other than those two abilities, uh, Divination Wizard still out just, powers the same.
0: I think even with it, Divination Wizard is still more powerful, which is why I think this is the best of these easily. I, I like it the best, I should say. OK. I would probably allow it in my game with some minor changes.
1: All right. Yeah. Um so really quick let's just from the top going back down how do we feel about everything college of tragedy needs strong uh, looking at
2: I really like the concept of it but it does need to be slightly toned back with the inspirations
3: Matt No I I it's it's unique I like it um if you want to play the uh the emo character. That's cool. Like um, I said, give me my drawer way bar. But my, the, the, like I said, though, my, my the, the drawback I think for a lot of these is the role, whole role-playing aspect. And who actually wants to hang out with the guy who's always so humdrum and emotional? Like, Shut <laughs> up, man. <laughs> I, think, you know.
2: I get it. You stepped in a puddle. Stop <laughs> crying about it. But that uh, kept
3: them
1: from killing you. All right. Uh, circle, of de- skin. <laughs> circle of Decay. Circle of Decay.
0: Does the Grave Domain better than the Grave Domain and I don't like that.
1: OK.
2: Again, uh, flavor-wise I like it, but it's too dangerous against Undead.
3: Reminds me of Wizard of the Coast when you're playing the uh, – no, Wizard of the Coast. Uh, Magic the Gathering. What's that? Uh, the green-black. Um, oh, Golgari. Yeah, the Golgari. yeah, that's bat. what it reminds me of. Um, I don't know if I would want to throw it with a druid. I love druids. God, I love druids. But I don't know if I'd want to throw – that I don't know why not give all those abilities to a cleric, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it sits better with a cleric than it would be a druid, but I, no,
1: I still, I'm M- still really fond of, of the concept. I think the idea, I like it, I think yeah, the it. idea is there. I think it could use a little bit of reworking. Um, let's and that brings us gladiator, to gladiator. <laughs> gladiator. Um, again, conceptually, this is great,
0: it's something everybody is. I'm sure everyone has wanted to play Gladiator at least
1: once. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of cool ideas with it. Uh, Too many feats. Too many free feats. Yeah, too many free feats. Uh, Charismatic Strikes needs drastic reworking. Please see Closed Fist Monk.
0: Kind of needs the ability to do the bare-chested Gladiator fight thing also. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know. um, (laughs) Nacho, thoughts on Gladiator? Gladiator,
2: again, cool concept. Way too powerful. I I sense a theme. I'm the one that likes the – I'm the one that likes game breaking, and that, that, that's too much for me.
3: <laughs> that's saying a lot. Yeah, no, I, I chalk this one up to uh, with a lot of I don't know. It's I chalk it up to almost with monk because you you I'm going back to the role playing thing. When you go back to role playing, when you're not with your trainer, how the hell are you getting levels? How the heck are you learning anything new? We see you know you monks are that way, you gladiators are that way. So that's the only. Well, I mean, although it being overpowered, I didn't want to repeat everything. Everybody yeah. else but i say that that aspect there kind of bugs me a little. Bit.
0: You know, that's a good point. I think I'm going to bring that up in a future segment. How are people gaining levels without being trained? It well, out. there
1: is. I mean, there is a you know really quick up just well, on that.
0: We'll work on that.
1: Yeah. Well, in the DMG, one. in the DMG, there is an alternate leveling. Like when it's time for everybody to level up, how many days it would take with like their master or you know their druid leader or whatever. But uh, it's it's like in a little. Blink and you miss it. Page. I mean, with DNA.
3: mages, it's entirely different. I mean, they can just, you're just studying. I was going to say, a, yeah. a sorcerer or a warlock can, is just dope. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Next
2: level now. Yeah, with you cleric, lead. your god's like, hey, here, yeah. let me teach you. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I mean, war, yeah, warlocks, anyway, May you know, like the wizards, you know, just read up a couple books and you're good to go.
2: Rogues, they just practice their craft.
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, closed fist.
1: Balanced. Balanced. Love oh, it. A bit too
0: combat based. There needs to be some more role playing aspects, but I think it's fun.
1: Um, I actually – I will only like minorly disagree with you there because um, all the other monks do have a lot of great like role play options and this – I like the idea of this just being the I am straightforward, I punch stuff monk.
0: I'm not a spiritual monk. I'm the yeah, monk that this a, this uses uh, sort of mind over matters hitting you with my head. This, yeah.
3: is, this is Cobra Kai as opposed to uh, – yeah. Yeah. No. This. Yeah. There exactly, is. There exactly. is no.
1: You know. Waxing the cars. There is yep. kicking boards. And that's about it. That's what I like about it. It's. It's actually kind I of. I wonder if it's a Jade Empire reference also, but I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nacho. Any thoughts on Close Fist?
2: Uh, everything's been said. It's an amazing class. All right. Um, subclass. But yeah. Subclass. The Lich. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.
1: The, the Lich. Uh, Warlock Patron. Necrotic Tether is cool. It is. It's like, very cool. I'm going to steal that for an enemy, like for an NPC in a game.
0: I think it's got too much overlap with The Undying. But I also kind of feel like Most given of us forget its about obscurity, it. the writer may have not known they existed.
1: Yeah. And like that, you know, nothing to be ashamed of there because sort like Skag came out not too long after the core set. And it was just kind of like they didn't really hype how much stuff was in it like new subclasses and you know a couple other little things and new backgrounds like I tell people all the time I'm like oh yeah and there's a whole another book of backgrounds it's in Sword Coast Adventures Guy. they're like what
2: honestly when I first saw Skag in a uh, bookstore I thought it was for an older edition for whatever reason because it's just like <laughs> it does, oh yeah this kinda is kinda just kind of there
3: yeah Um, <clears throat> I, I don't I, I wouldn't want to put I don't know I just don't like the quasi lich as a warlock subclass yeah, I've always looked at lich as being part as being wizard Yeah, and then on top of that I always looked at wi- that being like the final evolution of a wizard if they're going to go evil yeah. like I'm going to stick around I'm going to do this as it being I'm going to start it at third level it seems like really?
1: Yeah. I don't know So anyway I agree with it um, but yeah no overall if, you know still needs a little you know a couple of wrenches turned on it but other than that though I think it's I think it yeah. has potential yeah, it that, has potential tether mm-hmm. is the greatest and, thing I've seen yeah necrotic tether is a really cool mechanic uh and that brings us to the School of Arcana, Wizard. I like the super nerd.
0: It's interesting. It's definitely the greatest hits of Wizard. Um, <laughs> it's still weaker than the Diviner, but that's not saying much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Divination is just as far. Uh
0: I'm watching its final two abilities very carefully because I'm sure somebody in the comments can be like, oh, yeah, I can abuse uh, Unlimited Recovery and Mordenkind's Lubrication to get all my spells back every round. Yeah. You know, like. That wasn't intended.
1: (laughs) Um, No, yeah. I think it's – as far as the fluff and the lore, like I wouldn't mind having it just because, again, I like the idea of just the – this is the – I'm kind of learning all of the things wizard.
0: The one who refuses to get a major.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just doing all their gen eds and just being like, you can't force me into one whole man. You're not going to pigeonhole me. It's the Van
2: Wilder of wizards. Yeah, exactly. He just hangs out at college forever. It's the
1: great Jedi. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think it's fine. I do like that.
1: All right. Um, so overall, I think this whole entire series of subclasses can best be summed up as great potential. Need play close testing. look at both mechanics and playtesting. But there are a couple like there's a couple of gems in here. We all really like the Ar- uh, school of Arcana and the Closed Fist Monk. And I, with everything else, there's really good lore mm-hmm. and good mm-hmm. you know potential and just needs playtesting and a bit more evaluating. So overall, if you know you want to check it. You want to check it out? Uh, we have the link shared uh, on the Facebook stream. Uh, just hop on Facebook, go track it down. Uh, if you want to take a look at these, I, you know, definitely am actually looking forward to monkeying around with some of these and you know, messing with them on my own and seeing what I can come up with. Some of this stuff, overall though, it's a lot of like good groundwork. A lot of the bases have been covered. Yeah. With that, it's time for us to wrap up this week. Uh, we'd like to once again thank Matt gross for being on the show thanks for coming on matt yeah uh, it was a lot of fun having you on one more time if you want to schlep your book schlep away friend
3: the malevolent witch go out and buy it it's fun it's, <laughs> it's on a, amazon it's a rocking good time for
1: 9.99 three bucks for $9. kindle yep. there you go free if you have kindle prime
0: Yeah.
3: if it's free you should be reading it because it's is a free very
1: 99 good
0: price and it's- yeah. Yeah. Certainly, at least worth a read. But my they, favorite. If phrase. anything,
3: I only thing I ask for other than you buying it um, is leave a review. Reviews are gold to independent or uh, to self published authors. Yeah, it'll also. Absolute gold. I mean, I don't care if you got it for free or you never even bought it and you just borrowed it from somebody. Leave me a review. Amazon, obviously. But yeah.
0: anyway. Well, thank you for being on our show. Yeah, hey, no today. problem, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure.
3: Yep. So
1: next week, we will finally do Minotaur and Centaur. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, as far as guests for next week, I think we're actually uh, free on the guest list. Paul won't be here. Uh, so let's just hit, wrap up the final things. We are the 3DM's podcast. We record out of podcast Detroit Studios in Royal Oak. They also have a Southeast Detroit, and they're opening another studio in Detroit. So – um, if you live in the southeastern Michigan area, please go check out, uh, Podcast Detroit if you've ever wanted to do a podcast. Uh, they make it incredibly easy. We're complete amateurs and we're doing this. Yeah. Yep, yep. No, man, yeah, no, you, no, you've seen Definitely. me
2: stumble with basic words.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> happens to the best of us. Uh, anyways, uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, please go like our Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are 3DMs Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, uh, find us on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash 3DMs Podcast. Uh, it. SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you uh, if you could just if you like our stuff, head to iTunes, uh, give us a five star review, and just say they're really nice boys, except for that Paul. Yeah, I'm he's a rap scallion or something like that. But uh, a rascal, you know. It reviews, just like Matt said, really helps uh, get you noticed. We pumps, read all of them. Pumps that algorithm. Um, you know we. Final thing, because I'm rambling a bit here, but we need to wrap this up. Uh, we have our Discord. I recently posted on Facebook the link to join our Discord. Uh, we've been trying pretty hard to keep at least somebody in there at, you know, from like four in the afternoon to about 10 o'clock every night. So if you want to come hang out with us or talk to stuff, uh, from the show or, uh, even pitch ideas for future episodes, uh, stuff you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, come hang out with us in our Discord. Uh, the link is on our Facebook and I'm actually probably going to post another one when I get home tonight. So.
2: With all that being said. Uh, one quick thing before we sign off. <laughs> Damn it, Nacho. <laughs> well, Go tomorrow on. is Memorial Day, so while you're out there grilling. And chilling. And chilling. uh, Either thank a veteran, spend some time, visit a cemetery, because a lot of us that were out there, we lost brothers and sisters to give us the freedoms we have today. So I just wanted to put that out there.
1: Thank wow, you. Nacho. Thank you. We're the 3DM's podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Nacho. I'm Paul. I guess I'm Matt. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you are. You are, in (laughs) fact, Matt. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, We'll see you next time.